0: Have you ever taken the time to review your life? Have you ever taken even 30 minutes and sat down and made a list of the most meaningful things that happened to you or things that you learned over the year? Well, today I share my list with you. I'm Eric Nordoff. Let's do this. This is CourageCast. Encouraging one another so that more will believe. Hey, friends, it's almost the end of 2019. Where has the time gone? We've all been running so busily that we don't take enough time to be grateful for the past or I don't want to put you in that category, but I definitely find that I'm putting myself in that category. And so this year I did something different. I actually slowed down for a little bit. Really only took me about 30 minutes to think about the 10 most meaningful things I've learned in 2019. Actually, I take that back. It's actually way more than 10. So let's just cut the 10. And I'm just going to share with you the most meaningful things I've learned in 2019. You guys ready? You think you'll learn something? My hope is that you will learn something yourself. and Or this will get a conversation started. I'd be curious what you learned in 2019. What were some of the big lessons? What were some of the things that changed for you, that changed for the better in this year? Because this year held a lot. It held a lot for all of us. I know it held a lot for me. A ton was accomplished. Ton was done, but a lot of things changed in 2019. When I started the year, I am a different person than I am today, 12 months later. And a lot of it was because I sought out more intentional. I sought to live a more intentional life. I wouldn't say that I did it perfectly. And that's actually probably one of the main lessons for me is that I didn't have to, that change happened regardless. It, it wasn't something that I needed to do perfectly. I laid down perfection this year. So here we go. Some of these are amusing. So I'm going to, sh- I'm going to break these down into categories. So the first category is money. The second would be career. Third is health. Fourth is personal development, and then I'm going to close by sharing some of my overall favorite personal memories. All right, so let's get started. First of all, money. Here are two major things that I changed this year that I, that I believe were really, really important for me. The first is I started giving off of the top. I read a book called True Riches. And I actually interviewed Greg Baumer, one of the authors of the book, Harvard Business School grad, did a study and found how important giving was. You'll have to listen to the episode. I'll link to it in the show notes. But True Riches was what inspired me to finally take the leap and get back to giving off the top. giving away money I found the joy in giving again. I haven't felt this happy and content in a long time financially. and it's not because I'm doing super super well. I'm actually haven't done much better than I did this in 2018 financially but there is a peace and a contentment that I have now looking back and it started, When I began giving, I used to give off of my net. So for a long time, Chrissy and I gave on what we took home. So we didn't give on all of the money that we took in, whether it was for business, whether it was for expense reimbursement, whatever it was, it didn't matter. I have set up a system for my life where... Now I am giving first. The very first thing I do when money comes in to from my business or from anywhere else, I'm giving, I'm giving a consistent percentage. And I actually want to improve that percentage intentional, more intentionally in 2020. But I have, I, one of the things that I believe was so important for me was to quit holding on to my money and quit having um, talking a good game about an abundance mentality, but I wasn't giving out of abundance. I was giving with a sort of lack and a lack of trust. And I just began trusting God with my money. And I began seeing that everything He gives us is a gift from Him, and we're called to steward it. And I just have found the joy in giving. I'm looking for opportunities to give. And I'm giving more smartly, wisely. So I set up a charitable account. I don't know why I haven't thought of this until now, but my friend Sean Bennett, as I started giving, recommended the best way to give is to set up a separate giving account and give out of that money. So it's a real simple transaction. I, uh, whatever money comes in during that week, before I spend a penny, I just automatically transfer my percentage to the Fidelity charitable account. Anyone can open up a Fidelity charitable account and I give my percentage into that. And then from there, I have set up all of the people, and I set up new people as I learn, and I give out of that whatever I feel led to give, whatever I sense the Holy Spirit leading me to give, but I make sure that I give all of that away. It's a great, great system. I love it, and I'm just enjoying it this year. So that's something new that I've done, and I think it's one of the most meaningful things I've learned to do in 2019. The second Money related thing, is I implemented a book by Michael Mankalowitz, Mikalowitz, not Mankalowitz, Mikalowitz, called Profit First. So, giving first, and now I'm profiting first. So, what does that mean? A normal business profit and loss statement shows the income at the top, and then all of the expenses, and it shows profit on the bottom. Well, what I've done based on this book is I've moved profit right after giving profit is the first thing that I take. And not only do I do that, but I've switched all of my banking to the profit first method, which in essence works like this. I split up the various different areas of my business and life into percentages. So for example, I might set aside 10% for profit. Okay. Uh, And then I'll set aside from the after profit, I have uh, owner's expenses. So that's me. I'm the business owner expenses. I'll set aside 35% of my money goes to owner's expenses. I'm just throwing out percentages. And then, and then I'll, have a percentage for operating expenses for my business. And then I'll have a percentage for taxes set aside. And then I'll also have a variable account set aside. So I split up the hundred percent of the money that I get after giving and I split the rest up into percentages and I divide up the money into percentages and I set up separate bank accounts for each one of these uh, for the operating account, for the, owner's expense account for the profit. um, And I I basically broken that up. And another thing that I did was I began, I opened up a separate profit and a separate tax account in a separate bank. And every month I move that money from the profit and tax accounts in my normal bank, and I move it over into my other bank, so that I cannot easily access the profit and I cannot easily access the taxes. And that way, it protects me and shields me from making it easy to just move money over because I have cash flow problems. And the third thing that I've done, really related to Profit First, is I've set aside a weekly, I've created a weekly cash flow statement that I review every Saturday. Every Saturday, one of my routines in the morning while my daughter's at gymnastics, I have two hours and I will review all of my financials and go through my cash flow. And it's just been great. Peace of mind. I plan ahead. I'm planned all the way through 20, end of 2020. And I plan my weekly cash flow. I've got it down to a system. Took me about three months to get this down. But now that I have it, it is automatic and it is such a more peaceful way. And I've actually done several things because of this. I've learned to cut a lot of expenses. I probably cut uh, $1,000 in monthly expenses because I looked at how much I was spending. Um, I also removed the ability to pay with credit cards, which was Getting to be a problem for me and for us. So whenever our cash flow was was tight, we just put it on the credit card, and then we'd think, "Oh, I'll spend it later," and it just got us into trouble, as it does many people. So those are kind of the two or three things that I've done in uh, with our finances that has really made a big difference for us. If you want to learn more, I'll put links in the show notes about this. But um, maybe this uh, will inspire you to take a look at some things financially differently in 2020. All right, career-wise, career-wise, and these are in no particular order, but um, one of the things that I decided to do in, in 2019 was to, was to stop doing the Scale Your Business podcast. I was too broadly diversified in what I was doing. I loved partnering with Sean Bennett. Learned a ton from him, uh, built an entire program called Living Your Courageous Life, which I'll talk about later, Your Most Courageous Life, that is actually what we now go through in the Courageous community. Uh, I'll talk more about that later. But Sean Bennett and I decided to kind of part ways and stop doing that podcast, but it was a great experience uh, in the second half of 2018. I learned a ton from him. I grew. We, we did some special things. We, we began to talked to business owners and we helped a lot of business owners. uh, But it became kind of a distraction for me and it really wasn't um, meeting my core purpose. Uh, And I'll talk about that a little bit later as I talk about personal development. But from a career standpoint, I simplified and I cut a lot of things out of my life that just were distractions for me. Um, The uh, other thing that happened to me this year is I empowered my leaders for real this time. Uh, I started doing a program I call silver club for my doTERRA team. So everyone is eligible to participate in silver club. And what silver club is, is a uh, three month program that I walk people through to help them achieve the rank of silver in doTERRA, which is really the first leadership rank and it's connected to Diamond Club. Diamond Club is a program that doTERRA runs uh, for all of its builders and leaders who want to get more serious and move from silver to diamond rank, which is the rank that we are, uh, and really grow and expand their business and build something that could be life-changing for them. So I tied Silver Club to that. So that uh, by the end of Silver Club, they could qualify for Diamond Club and then move on in the system. So I started that this year and in the springtime, I did it for the very first time and I did a lot of things that I have now since changed. Uh, One thing that I did was I overstepped, I learned that I overstepped my leaders and I began leading their people and I took them out of leadership position and I did all the work for them. And so what I've learned from that is that that's not helping me to duplicate my business. so in the fall, I made a very big change to Silver Club, and I put the bulk of the responsibility for working with team members on my leaders, and I check in with my leaders. And you know what inspired that? was the Worship Songwriter Mentorship. What is the Worship Songwriter Mentorship? It is a program that my wife and I, my my wife really founded the Worship Songwriter Mentorship. It is a uh, a mentorship course and small group that my wife started in 2018 after a trip to Scotland and some inspiration from some of the ladies um, that went with her on a brave worship trip to Scotland she began to mentor 12 women uh, in songwriting. And out of that group, she found that four of them really wanted to continue in that. And so she continued to mentor them. And she, out of that 12 uh, mentoring, those 12 women, she had the outline for a course. And so she wrote and put together a course. I helped her last year record the videos for that course and that launched in the fall of 2018, which was a very successful launch. But what she found was people weren't completing the course. And so she decided to make some changes in 2019. And what she did was in the spring, she took the four ladies who were who she was mentoring more closely and asked them if they would lead small groups. And so we created a small group uh, of 12. So we basically, she duplicated the 12 people that she mentored and into became four people that would then mentor 12 up to 12 people as well. So now they had the ability to, to mentor and walk 48 people through the mentorship course in songwriting. And uh, it became a huge success we had 100% graduation rate. We had 100% of the people complete the course and grew in confidence like never before in their songwriting. And many of those people go through the course and the small groups meant multiple times now. There've been a few that have gone through it three times. And um, so what I learned from that was that I needed to Lead my people. I needed to pour into my leaders, and so I have a core group of four leaders, also in our DoTerra. Actually, five leaders in our DoTerra team, and uh, what I've done is I've empowered them to run with Silver Club, and that was a big change that I made. And I'm it's it's worked so much better. I think people are are finding it to be much more. Um, it's, it's much more duplicatable and I feel like I'm making a difference in more people's lives rather than letting my leaders coast. Not that they would have done that, but I just set it up that way and, and they naturally just followed my lead. And how is that duplicatable? Everything depends on me, right? So I, I learned a ton from that and I'm, I'm grateful that uh, I made that change in 2019. Okay. So next, that is, uh, almost all of my career changes. But another thing that I did, two more things related to my career that I learned. Number one, I learned that I finally just need to give in to the fact that people come to me for advice about podcasting. I can't tell you how many people that I've given free advice to about podcasting because I just didn't think that I wanted to do it more intentionally. And I just didn't feel like I could offer us so much value. I didn't want the pressure of needing to coach them, so to speak. Well, that changed in 2019. I am now, I consider myself a podcast coach. I'm definitely more of an expert than most people on this subject. I'm definitely not the expert in the subject, but I've decided to just go with it and began begun coaching podcasting. So if you are interested in learning how to podcast, you can reach out to me. Eric at CourageousCommunity.com is a great way to reach out to me. I don't do this podcast because I'm trying to build my podcast coaching business, but I took on two new clients this year and uh, this fall, uh, and I'm excited about what we're going to be doing in the new year together. So uh, the last thing that I learned, and it's probably one of the most impactful Lessons was it's it's got some sadness to it, so I want to be sensitive about this. But many of you uh, remember that I started a podcast and which turned into a convention, very successful Fortune 500 convention, Inc. Five. It made the Inc. 5,000 list actually. I think it was like two two thirty two or something like that, and uh, worth. Millions and millions of dollars, um, but I sold it back in 2015, early 2015. The why did I sell it? Well, I was going to get uh, the next step was separation from my wife. Our marriage was in trouble. It was a very, very difficult season for me. It was right at the point when everything else was growing in my business, and I was having the time of my life leading this new community of people who loved the TV show, The Walking Dead. All right. And we've started having very, very successful conventions. Uh, And right as it was just starting to get on the rise, I needed to back away and step away. And for quite some time, I... Uh, I I regretted that. I battled resentment towards my wife. I battled, you know, sadness, self-pity. There was a lot of work I needed to do because I saw this thing get so successful. Uh, Well, unfortunately, the run came to an end in 2019. The beginning of 2019, there began to be some cracks in that business. I, I really lost touch with how that business was going. I'd, I'd done a lot of healing, but uh, what I uh, began to learn and what began to unravel was that this, this uh, convention began to uh, have some very serious financial troubles and some very difficult things and choices had to be made. And uh, some, uh, there have been some very uh, disappointed to say the least and, and some incredibly upset customers and attendees and, um, celebrities, uh, lots of people, uh, are owed money. Let's just put it that way. All right. And uh, a lot of money is owed and I have nothing but love for, uh, my partner, uh, my former partner in that business, but I saw it fall apart and, and, and I'm not bringing that up because I'm happy about that. I'm actually really, really sad about it. Um, But one thing that was important for me to learn and see in all of, as that was happening uh, was that my wife has a a really good understanding of what uh, is good for me. And I really saw that my wife is truly a great, great helper, Uh, really great helpmate. So I learned to trust my wife and it was such confirmation and healing for us that while it was just really sad for me to see all that went down, if I had been a part of that, what kind of road would that have taken me personally? What kind of road would that have taken us? And uh, I really sensed that she had, and she still does, she's had many other things like that, smaller things, not to that big of a scale where she has sensed that uh, we needed to get out of something or there was danger ahead or um, just that she had a sense or a, a bit of wisdom and insight um, and discernment about a situation or a person or people that I didn't have. And I've learned to trust her in that. That's been one of the biggest lessons learned for me. All right. Health next, next subject health. Some big changes happened for me in my personal health. Number one, I ran my best time in the 5k for pretty much the whole year. I have been training for a 5k that happens every year in Franklin, Tennessee. It is the Franklin 5k, not a big race, not a big accomplishment necessarily to finish a 5k but i had resolved because the year prior in 2018 i had one of my worst times in the 5k and what i did was i applied a lot of intentionality just like i implied um, applied intentionality in my cash flow and in my finances and in other areas of my life personal development wise which i'll talk about in a little bit i got intentional with my training so i set out to not accomplish great things all at once, but to just accomplish little victories every single week. So I broke out how long I needed to train to prepare for the September race. And I began to set goal times for the, the, speed that I wanted to run my 5k. And so I ran about four, three to four 5ks every week. And I took the best time from that week and I set it, compared it to my goal time. And all I had decided to do was run about six seconds faster per mile, uh, in the, each week. And so what that did for me was it took me from running a 32-minute 5K to a 26, just over 26-minute 5K. Now, that's not amazing by other people's standards. A lot of people, the top racers, they run under 20 minutes this race. But for me, that was the best time I'd ever run. So I set a personal record for my 5K. And... The journey was much more of an accomplishment for me than it was just f- accompli- finishing that day on the, on the, in September. i had already won because I'd, I'd put in the work and i put in the time to, uh, to run throughout that entire spring and summer so that I could be prepared for that September race. And it was so much fun and so worth it. And I can't wait to run it again. I don't plan to run any longer distances, but I just love staying in shape, running a 5k. It's the right pace for me, the right speed, the right amount of time that I want to train. So I really enjoyed that experience. The second thing I did this year is I did a water fast. The beginning of 2019, our church gateway at the time, has every year a 21 day fast. And I decided, and I I had felt in my spirit that this year I wanted to do a full purge. And I just, I sensed that I was needing to do a full 21 day water only fast. Uh, I'd studied, I learned, I listened to YouTube videos. I I learned about what some of the best methods. I prepared. I had prepared mentally. I prepared physically, and I accomplished 14 days of that 21 days. Uh, By the 14th day, my wife said to me, "Eric, you look sick. You don't look well." Many people said to me that I looked too skinny, and I really did uh, feel. Started to feel really bad. I didn't um, didn't think it was a good thing for me, and so I added bone broth and some uh, kefir, uh, not kefir, but um, uh, some um, things like cabbage, fermented foods. That's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> fermented foods. And I finished up the uh, the the 21 day fast with just some really easy eating that really helped repair my gut. And, uh, and so I finished that 21 day fast, just feeling great. Um, and, uh, then another thing that I did in 2019 was for three months, I ate ketogenic. I ate keto and I was super strict. I did the same thing that I had learned in the other process of, of working out and exercise. And I set small weekly goals with my ketogenic eating. And I I decided and and, uh, set out to intentionally watch and learn as much as I could about the ketogenic diet because I had tried ketogenic before, and I cheated. Uh, I didn't do it right. I didn't do it well. I ate too much meat because it's a high-fat diet. A lot of people think it's a lot of meat, but it is actually more fat. It's, it's a high-fat diet with vegetables, uh, a lot of vegetables, uh, and some meat, very, very low carbs, if any. And uh, I really went all out, and I, I grew a ton. I grew stronger eating ketogenic And I learned how to do it well. Now, I broke my ketogenic eating uh, when I went to Ireland in September. I haven't been able to get back on it again, get back on the wagon, but I'm going to get back on it in 2020. And uh, I found that my cravings went away for carbs. I I, no more late night eating. Um, uh, I felt stronger, I felt more uh, awake and aware. Uh, I felt more um, that I could accomplish more. Uh, I didn't need any kind of stimulants like sugar. to, And I, there was not a lot of ups and downs with my uh, glucose levels. I, I felt that I was really, really strong and healthy and uh, also lost a little bit of weight, although that was not my intention. Uh, but I did uh, feel good, look good. Uh, and so I accomplished that. That was a, a great thing that I did. And the last thing, it's not really health related, but it's just kind of a little bit vain, but I did get a new haircut this year. My brother-in-law, shout out to my brother-in-law in in Spring Hill, Tennessee. He is the best hairstylist in the country, I think. And you need to go see him, Nate Fletcher. He's really busy now, but he just moved to town about a year and a half ago. And uh, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, he said to me, Eric, I'm going to give you the best haircut in Nashville. I think you deserve it. And I said, you know what? All right, I'll take you on that challenge. And he gave me a really cool haircut and I've been enjoying my haircut this year. I can't believe I'm talking about this, but I really do enjoy having this haircut and Nate uh, has helped me with that. Um, So at least I'm not looking as old as I am. All right, so I'm still hip and cool uh, somewhat. All right, so that's uh, that's uh, the end of my health. Let's move into personal development. All right, so personally, a lot was accomplished this year. The first thing I want to share is I, um, I gave a, a what I for me was a very big. I did more public speaking this year than I've done in a while. Uh, a more intentional public speaking. In April of 2019, I uh, gave a talk at a fairly big event, a belief retreat uh, weekend at the Operland Hotel in Nashville. And it was, my talk was called Living Your Most Courageous Life. I knew it had to be about courage. I knew that I needed to tie that in because I believe so strongly in the, in the subject. So, but living your most courageous life. And I really, really got to experiment and create something that I think is life-changing. And actually, I've, I wanted to, had every intention of writing a book in November. I failed at that. Again, life isn't perfect. Uh, you set out to do things and, and then you get closer to it and you realize, you know what, I just cannot commit to this. But um, I will write a book about living your most courageous life, because I'm going to take my talk and break it out into much more detail. But that talk became a seven day walkthrough on how to jumpstart your life. And so I take the seven key principles from my talk and I break it down into seven days. Uh, And it's something that you can walk through right now. Just go to the, the link in the show notes There is a community group called Living Your Most Courageous Life. You can walk through each day of that learning unit, day one through seven, and you can get more clear about your values, your purpose, your vision, where you're going, what you're going to do every day, how to discipline your life and get things in order so that you can begin to live with more intention. And I applied all of those things this year in my personal development. All the things that I talked about, I lived those things. And I am living my most courageous life, what I believe to be my most courageous life right now. And uh, that feels good. So if you want to live your most courageous life, you can do that. It's a free seven-day course that you can walk through it's a self-guided program I take some of the videos that I've done over the seven days that I when I taught this live and you get those recordings you walk through them yourself it's a short short video that you watch and then you do some homework and some exercises and it really helps you live with more intention with more purpose with more discipline and you're gonna get more things done as a result that's one of many many good things that are going to come out of that confidence. All you need to do is go to courageouscommunity.com slash challenge, or just go to the courageouscommunity.com website, click on challenge, sign up for it. You're going to get sent uh, a, an email and a link to the group, and you're going to walk through the course. It's, it's really, really easy and good, and it's surprisingly beneficial. So that is one of the big things that I accomplished for myself was to put that together. And I believe it holds a lot of values and go, the go Another thing that goes along with that is I chose to live that way. I chose to live from my values and from my purpose. And that made a big difference in 2019. And I'd be remiss if I just let the year go by and not acknowledge how important that was for me In my life. Another thing that was huge for me this year was I stopped living to please in order to make living more pleasing. How about that for a quote? I stopped living to please so that I could make living more pleasing, more of a pleasurable experience. It's amazing when you know who you are, what you value, what you are about, when you have an, when you don't have an identity crisis, you stop living to please. My wife, who's going to come on sometime, uh, learned a great thing this year as well. She learned, and this is kind of a side note, but she learned how much guilt affected her life, that she lived and made decisions based on guilt. And she'll talk about that in more detail. And I bet a lot of you can relate to that. I can relate to that. Um, feeling guilty and just doing things based on guilt or obligation. Whereas all that did was just build resentment. All that does is build resentment. It's not a Christian life. It's not a life full and free when you live from guilt. And the same thing goes from living to please other people. Because all that did was made me more resentful of that person, and it made me feel bad about myself, feel terrible inside. Every time I did it, every time I do it, every time I choose to please someone rather than living from intention, I am giving up a little bit of that confidence and uh, giving up a little bit of my identity and my purpose and my mission. Okay, If it lines up with those things, then I do it. And I'm learning. I learned that in 2019. And I'm still still have ways to go. I've not perfected it by any means. I don't think I ever will. But I'm living more. I'm living less to please others, and I'm living more to make living more pleasing. Does that make sense? More pleasurable. I'm living a more pleasurable and a more pleasing life. All right. The last thing is I learned in. Finally, understand better. I would say I'm probably 80% knowledgeable about the Enneagram. All right. Thank you to Jennifer Hawkins, who's taught me a lot. My uh, my good friend Ken Edwards has taught me a lot about Enneagram. I've read. I haven't read The Road Back to You. That's the that's the one of my goals for 2020 is to to read that. Uh, but I determined that uh, when I initially looked at Enneagram that I was a seven. I kind of jumped to the seven. But in actuality, I think I'm more of a three. I've, I've settled that I am a three, Enneagram three, and I can cross into seven quite a bit. But I think I'm an Enneagram three uh, with a four wing. All right. So that's kind of my my where I'm landing uh, right now with Enneagram. But it was a great, great learning experience. What is your Enneagram and what does that say about you? I'd love to learn more about that. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up by just sharing a few of my personal, most favorite personal memories from this year. And and this is really just selfish. Okay. But um, there's a lot of things that happened this year that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And I'd, I'd like to just document them here on the CourageCast because one day I might listen to this. Um, and, uh, I might re-listen to this myself for me personally, uh, or my, my kids might listen to this, but, um, there's so many amazing things that, uh, personally touched me and moved me this year. And so I'm just going to list them one by one in no particular order because I cannot possibly rank them. But one of the favorite memories this year happened recently, I, I went to Ireland and then tagged on a couple of days in Scotland. And man, though the, the trip to Ireland was so much better than I even expected. I went together with Chrissy's team, the Brave worship team. I got to, got to learn so much more and, 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 and get to build relationships that will probably be lasting for a long time with uh, the 26 people that went on that trip uh, Ray Hughes and Denise Hughes led us on a tour of Ireland. Uh, and, uh, we stopped at many, many, uh, of the thin places of Ireland, the places where heaven and earth, the veil between heaven and earth is thin. And I grew so much, uh, in, in that learning the spiritual, historical, spiritual and historical significance of these locations, uh, in Ireland. And, uh, uh, and the relationships that I built, uh, not only with the other uh, women, but also their husbands, five of the husbands came, and uh, we, we had a great uh, experience together. But it was a Brave Worship tour. If you want to learn more about Brave Worship, you can uh, check out braveworship.com. Uh, it, is, it is phenomenal. It's a great, uh, great ministry that Chrissy Uh, leads with a bunch of great uh, ladies. All right. uh, So that was a a phenomenal trip. And I got to see in Scotland, I got to see uh, my good friend, Andrew Mitchell, Andrew and Jill Mitchell, who of course you've uh, met on a earlier, earlier podcast where Andrew shared about the castle and how they were able to Acquire that castle and the, the the really the miracle stories of that, uh, but I was able to visit them in their home primarily, and we just had a great day and a half together, and it was just great reconnecting with our dear friends. Uh, I got to go to California this year and visit uh, my team out there. Uh, Carol Farnsworth is is uh, our leader in uh, La Grande, California, which is really in the. In the Central Valley of California um, and really close to Yosemite National Park. And I will probably remember my day in Yosemite that started at 6 a.m. Took a bus from Merced to Yosemite, spent a day in Yosemite, got back around 10 o'clock at night, uh, and just had an amazing day just by myself walking around the amazing waterfalls and the amazing uh, scenery and um, just a very peaceful uh, day for me that I will uh, remember for a long time. Just uh, to be out in that beauty and the majesty of God's creation for a day like in in that place, watching the sunset uh, and uh, experiencing some great hikes uh, was just very, very rewarding. And I'll never forget that trip. Uh, I got to experience something with my son this year. This summer, I spent a lot of time with my second son, Caden. Uh, he is 18, Turned well, he was 17 at the time. And we spent the summer traveling to colleges uh, and visiting schools, going to soccer camps, And giving him a chance to really come into his own with his soccer game. And I just value all the memories that I got to spend with him and just to be with him and to be connected with him and share in some memories and have some laughs together, enjoy his company. And I hope he was able to enjoy my company as well. And we we did a lot of healing. We had a rough uh, first few years of high school where he was changing and he needed some space and I didn't really give him a lot of space. I kind of was really tough on him and he had a really hard 14, 15, 16. Uh, Those ages were really tough for him. A lot of changes and kind of coming into his own. Did a lot of in my opinion at the time, just kind of dumb things, but that's typical teenager stuff, right? You just, somebody, a wise person told me, you just got to get him through it. You just got to get him through it. And that's the truth. You just have to get him through those teenage years. And, and I'm just so grateful to see him now coming out of that. Um, one of the biggest things that I am just never going to forget is to see my son and his team win the state championship in soccer for their, um, division, Division 1A. Um, they uh, just they won the entire Tennessee State Championship. They are a small private school, and Caden came into his own. A big part of the reason they won, which was told to me later, was because of the move uh, that, that the, the team made, the coaches made, to put Caden on defense. He really loves to score goals. He's fast. He's quick. But he's an even better disruptor of those fast and quick people and once they moved Caden into that defensive spot and he began to disrupt and guard the fastest players um, to stop them from scoring goals the team just started going on a rampage And they took it all the way to the state championship in Murfreesboro at the end of May this year, and they won it. And to see the way my son celebrated jumping and doing a somersault in front of the huge crowd, cheering on the crowd, getting the crowd all riled up. We had a full house, packed stadium, watching this game, probably over a thousand people. That was big for for the never played in front of a big crowd like that. And they won the state championship. And from that, we were able to kind of leverage some great highlight footage and put together a great reel for him. Uh, I kind of helped him uh, create a, a reel to, to develop him and get him known out there uh, to the general public, get him seen by coaches. And and he began to, even though we started kind of late, began to really make some connections with coaches. He won at the one of his camps. He won um, Toughest Camper, which is really the only individual award that was given for uh, at Lee University and built a great relationship with them. It's one of the schools he's considering right now. Um, also, he uh, got an offer, scholarship offer from uh, Trevecca University, so we're praying about that. Um, so a lot of great things I was able to experience with my son this year that I'll never forget. Uh, then uh, I can never forget or never appreciate these guys more, but I have a group of guys that I meet with. We we meet every Monday whenever we we all can get together. Not all of us can meet every Monday, but we meet for an hour and a half and we just connect and we get real and raw and we just deal with whatever stuff we're dealing with. Sometimes we laugh a ton. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we pray for one another. Whatever is needed, it's a safe place for the guys and I to get together. And I just couldn't Implore you enough, whether you're a guy or a girl, get in a small community like that where you are known and you are loved. No matter what, you can share, you can be yourself. And I'm just so grateful for my group of guys that I. It's just six of us that I'm. I'm get to be a part of and get to be involved in their lives. But I also get to have a place where I can come and and share and process what's going on in my life. That's really important to me. And twice a year we go on a um, a longer weekend retreat up to a cabin in Kentucky um, on a farm. And uh, I'm blessed to be able to do that. And we do all, we have extended time. We sit by a fire. Mostly we uh, have a good glass of whiskey. We smoke cigars. We shoot guns sometimes, but mostly we talk, we share, we just connect on a deeper level. And sometimes we just sit in silence. We go for walks around the, the hundred acres or so on our own, but together, Whatever it is, there's no pressure. Sometimes we play games, we play cards. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a blast. It is a blast. And uh, this last fall experience, we took it to a whole nother level. God showed up in a way that he'd never shown up uh, before. And um, there was some great revelation that was had by several of the guys. And I was just grateful to be able to get to experience that with them. So that was a big, great time, important time for me. Um, I learned another thing, and this is stupid, but small. I am terrible at ax throwing. I went to one of those ax throwing places. It kind of was the thing to do in 2019. I saw a lot of people doing it, but we did it as well, the guys and I, and I was terrible. I was embarrassingly bad at throwing the ax. So If you want to win at something and feel good about yourself, take me axe throwing, and then you will feel great because I'm sure you will do better than I do at that. Uh, My daughter recorded her first song this year, and it's a song called You Smile. I uh, have the recording of it, but we are going to be doing a music video for it. So that's going to be happening in 2020, but I'm excited for her. Uh, It's a song she co-wrote with her mom and she wrote another song with her mom that uh, actually, and then she started working on a third song. But I'm also grateful for her piano and voice instructor, um, Mr. Mike, who she meets with every Tuesday for lessons. He's been a huge advocate for her. He's recorded that he recorded that first song uh, of her, and it's just really touched a lot of people, and I'm so excited to, to share more of that with you. We went to Gettysburg and New York City in Washington, D.C. this year as a family, a family vacation uh, over spring break. It was a ton of fun, lots of great memories, lots of laughs, and a lot of things got to experience and show my family, kind of my growing up home. New York City wasn't exactly where I grew up, but I grew up in the tri-state area, and New York City was a big part of my life, and we got to, I got to show my family around, and they got to go on tall buildings and skyscrapers and see things that um, that they've seen on TV. And, and we have made some great memories there together. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, we started going to a new church. Uh, my friend Dustin Smith, who has also been a guest on this podcast, uh, we loved our seven years at Gateway. Um, but we started feeling led to go to Hope You See, which is a brand new church plant in Thompson Station. It's it's Hope You See Nashville, uh, founded by Darlene and Mark Cech. Uh Darlene, of course, is known for many, many songs from Hillsong, including Shout to the Lord, which is probably one of her mo- most well-known songs. But um, we are now part of Hope You See Nashville and excited to see all of the families that have started to get connected to the church. And uh, we've really just enjoyed the freedom of being there and um, the new growth and the new season that we're in there. So I'm grateful for that. I got to work the NFL draft this year. The NFL draft came to Nashville and it was one of the highlights for me. I got to work it, but I also got to be downtown Nashville when they, uh, when the NFL announced all the, the new draft, draft picks. And that place, there must have been a million people downtown, at least 700,000 people or so. I think they, they counted on the big night, peak night um, in April, uh, was just phenomenal to see Nashville on the main stage like that. And it really just epitomizes what Nashville has become, especially in the last 10 years, how much it's grown and how much of an impact the city has on people now uh, since we've moved here 25 years ago. Pretty crazy. All right. Well, I'm I'm wrapping up here. Some other great memories uh, were hiking the waterfalls with Caden, my son, my middle son, and my daughter Anthem. Just having great uh, hikes uh, on very at various different wonderful state parks here and national parks in in Tennessee hiking some of those waterfalls and experiencing some of those things are some things I'll I'll never, never forget. And then uh, my son has a girlfriend, a really serious, not a serious, but a, a longer term girlfriend now. Uh, and it's been awesome. We love her. Uh, and so that's been kind of fun to see my son um, ex- experience that. And I've really seen him lighten up and um, become more like himself and, and be happier. He's just happier. He just seems to be so happy these days. And I'm grateful to see that. I think having a girlfriend and, and being valued and being appreciated and having someone to share life with has meant a lot to him. And it's been fun to see him, um, his face shine, uh, through that process. You just want your kids to be happy. Right. Um, and just to see him mature this year has been really rewarding. And last but not least, and this is definitely not the most important thing, but I am so excited about my Titans, the Tennessee Titans football team. If you don't know, I've been a fan of the Houston Oilers back in the early nineties. When I first moved to Houston, Texas, I started following and liking the Houston Oilers. Always been a fan of the NFL, was a big New York Giants fan when I lived in New York City in in New Jersey, Uh, but that carried into moving to Houston, Texas as a um, an early adult, fell in love with the Houston Oilers. Then they moved to Tennessee, moved, and now are have been my team for over 20 years since they've been the Titans. We've gone through a lot of rough times, but, man, has it been fun the last month or so being a Titans fan and seeing – something happen in the city and seeing this team play so well that I've been following for years and years. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Why do you watch this team over and over again? I have no idea. One day I'm going to understand the psychology of fandom, but there's nothing better than watching your team be uh, almost going to the playoffs and watching your team play in the playoffs. It's life or death. It's do or die. There's just something you cannot find that kind of exhilaration in many things, but I really, really enjoy being a fan of the Tennessee Titans right now, especially in 2019. It's been fun. Well, guys, this has been a long, long episode, but these have been the most meaningful things that I've learned or done or experienced in 2019. And I'm grateful to share them with you. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of your most meaningful lessons or what did you identify most with in what I shared with you today? Thanks for listening today, friends. I'll be back again. We're going to have the, I'll be back again with new episodes in 2020. Uh, especially some intentional things that I want to set out to do in 2020 that are going to affect you and affect this podcast. Um, the last five episodes, the next five episodes for the year are going to be episodes dedicated to preparing us for Christmas. These are the Advent episodes. It's five episodes walking through uh, the the Advent season to help just get us ready, and get hopefully it gets you ready and gets helps you to get into the not only the spirit of Christmas but understanding how important it was to all of us and what it means to us that Jesus came and that he that God said yes and brought Jesus onto onto this earth to live a, a, a sacrificial life and show us. How to live and show us the kingdom life, and um, and so we're just going to prepare for His birth uh, with these episodes that I recorded previously a few years ago, and I'm going to replay them again for the from the 18th on through the 24th um, on the weekdays, so that we can all experience the real meaning of Christmas. Well, that's it for me, friends. I hope you have an amazing rest of 2019. Celebrate, look back. Don't forget to look back and be thankful and grateful and write down what you learned and document it because it's important. You matter. What you do matters. How you spend your time matters. How you, what you set out to do matters. Don't be afraid to plan and prepare to do great things because those great things are gonna make a huge impact not only on your life, but probably many, many future generations to come. It is important what you do. It's important what you set, it, set out to do. Go and do the living your most courageous life. Take time to walk through those seven days and live a more intentional, courageous life. That's it for me, friends. I'll see you in twenty twenty. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.